Okay, let's see over here the continuation of the Maimer. We discussed how on Shabbos and Yom Tiv, a Yid, the Neshama of a Yid, lifts itself up. And we went through various stages in which it lifts itself up. It starts off by lifting itself up, by eliminating the negativity inside of it. And on that stage, there's this pillar of smoke, the smoke which is created from the elimination of that which is opposite, just like physically smoke is created from the elimination of that which is opposite, the moisture. And then after that, you have the Shisha Chadashim B'Shem and Amar and the Shisha Chadashim B'Levayna. The, the six months in the Shaman Hamar, that means the mur, the bitterness, the separation from Gashmias. And then you have the Levaina, the elevation, the excitement, the reveling in godliness. And then then the Neshama is ready to be together with the Abishter. And this is the idea of Shabbos and Yamtiv. Shabbos and Yamtiv, you have the Neshama rising above from the world in all of these various stages in order to reconnect and re energize and then bring this godliness back into the world in the regular weekdays, in the regular year. Is that the Nissan Tisha split? You're about Not necessarily. The, 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 there is such a split, but uh, in, in other words, within every part, every every aspect of the year, you have the angles of separation and the angles of connection and so on and so forth. Okay? So does that mean that it's... Because uh, if there's smoke rising up, there's this process of separating the Gashmias from yourself... So does that mean it's actually Shabbosim and Yom Tevim that actually do that process for you of separating you from Gashmias? Shabbos and Yom Tev helps you do that, which is again, like we've said a number of times recently, why Shabbos and Yom Tev were not engaged in the mundane activities that were engaged in during the week, because those mundane activities is about being connected to the world. And even though, of course, when we're connected to the world, we're using it as a way to come closer to Hashem. However, as long as you're eating potatoes, those potatoes are going to help you gain weight. Shalant on Shabbos. You don't gain weight from if you eat it with 100% purity. <laughs> All the different types of alias rising up and hiskarvus, the closeness of the Yidin to Hashem that occurs every Shabbos and every holiday. 
V'chol masha mesalis be'iloi achar iloi adreim amaylis. As much as the Jews are rising up level after level, height after height, to the highest of levels, that's what happens on Shabbos and Yom Tov when we... Rome is the, the exalted. The, the, when we invest ourselves in Shabbos and Yom Tov properly, when we do our part of Shabbos and Yom Tov, then Shabbos and Yom Tov brings us to tremendously high levels. But all of this is Nikra is only called Bishem with the name of Nigia Berosh Hasharbit, touching the head of the scepter. Touching the head of the scepter means that the scepter itself remains in the hands of the king. And you're only touching its edge. Kisharbit Hazav, who Hamshachas or in Saif Baruch. The golden scepter is the Hamshacha, the drawing down of the infinite light, blessed be he. The concept of the Sharbit Azov means that there is the Hashem's infinite light which is coming down into the world. And that's what occurs every Shabbos and Yom Tev. Like we saw that Shabbos and Yom Tev is connected to the idea of arena, of song. That song is when there is an infusion of a greater energy than what you usually have. You don't sing when everything is normal. You sing when there's something being added, when there's something extra, when there's a new infusion of our insaf, that's what causes the rina, the song. And it, this sharbit, is the highest, the life energy of of all of the worlds. The higher worlds. The lower worlds. As it says in the verse in Megillah, it says that that when the golden scepter is stretched out, then then there is life. The scepter allows life. However, a person here in this world is not able to rise up to see and to receive its his energy from the entire scepter. What? to see. If you're here down below, then you're able to connect to the edge of the scepter, which is reaching all the way below. Hashem is reaching the scepter down. Through this, life energy is flowing through the world. The head of the scepter is in Hashem's hands. The higher parts of the scepter are in the higher worlds. It's only the lowest tip of the scepter that's touching this world. So yes, it's an extra infusion of godliness, but that extra infusion of godliness is flowing through the system and as it's flowing through the system it's getting diminished through all of the red tape along the way until it reaches the very bottom with the very edge of it you understand so of course the very edge of it itself is v'choya it's life it's excitement it's elevation but still it's very far 
from the beginning of it, or even more than the beginning of it, the whole thing. Are we not describing Seder Shoshis? We are, of course. That's exactly what we're describing. The Ur Ein Saif, as it's being infused and giving an extra boost, like we said yesterday, a burst of hot air through the whole Seder Shoshis. Rak, but, Hashar bit nishar biyadai. The scepter itself remains in Hashem's hand. Virak ha'ara magia ilaha bereish hasharbit. Only a distant illumination, a ripple of a ripple of a ripple, is what is magia ilaha, what reaches to her, meaning to Knesset Yisrael, as she is. Here inside of this world, at the edge of the scepter. And this shine, this ripple of the ripple of the ripple. This is the level of Ava Aza, powerful love. Like flames of fire. Vishal Havas and a flame. Which rises above. Chassidus teaches us that there's two types of love. There's a love which is called Ava Kamayim, love like water, and there's a love which is called Ava Kaesh, a love which is like fire. In general, the difference between water and fire is that water is calm. And fire is very emotional, right? The love like water is a calm love. An example of calm love is love between siblings. (laughs) I'm not talking about you and your siblings. (laughs) The love between siblings is a calm love. What does it mean it's a calm love? or love between a parent and a child. It means this love is just everyone being as they are. Then there's a love like fire, an excited love. A love like fire is like the love between spouses. Why is the love between spouses a love like fire? Because the love between spouses is two opposites coming together. And in general, in the in, in the nature of water and fire, you see this difference. Water is something which combines. It brings together. What's the scientific term for it? Whatever. Uh, the, the adhesive quality of water, whatever it is. So, water is something that combines, it brings together. Fire is something that does the exact opposite. It separates, it breaks down. It it, it turns into dust, into ashes. Because the love like water is about me as I am. And the love like fire is about me stopping to be me in order that I can be something else. By spouses, there must be a love like fire because for spouses, 
two unite, they cannot remain themselves. If you want to have shalom bias, if you want to have peace in the home, you need to go out of yourself and she needs to go out of herself in order that you can combine and become one up one whole. And that's the excited, powerful love that exists on this level of, of, of fire. Everything in Gashmis, in this physical world, doesn't just exist in the physical world, it's a reflection of something spiritual. And the same is true also with the two metals which were used, which we've read about in the last parashiyas, in the truma of the Mishkan, the silver and the gold. The silver is kasef. Kasef is milasha nichsef nichsafti. It's a language of yearning and love. Connection. But kasef reflects the calm love of mayim, of water. Zahav, on the other hand, with its naturally flaming color. Zahav represents the love of fire. It's interesting that the ring which the chassan gives the kala in order to be mekadish or in order to connect to her. So one of the details of this ring, al-pi aside from being perfectly round without any inscriptions and so forth, one of the details of this ring is that it must be gold, not silver. Silver doesn't unite a chasen and a kala. Gold is what allows them to combine. Gold is what allows them to come together. Because in order to come together from two opposites, you need to break down each entity as it previously existed so that now they could be able to merge as a new entity. <clears throat> this is the Sharbit Hazav, the golden scepter that's coming down from above, is the Ava Azakarish Peish, is this powerful love like fire that's combining above and below, Ruchnius and Gashmius, Abishter, creator, and human beings, creations. It's a shalheves, ha'ila lemaila. The shalheves, a flame which rises up above. The zahav ha'elyon, this gold, this level of gold above. And this is what's called. And it's interesting that the only donation, the only material which was donated for the Mishkan that's called Tnufa is the gold that was donated for the Mishkan. It's called the Zahava Tnufa, the gold which is waved. The idea of waving is lifting something up. And the idea of gold, the idea of silver is remaining as I am and just embracing and being in the aura of that which I love, that which I'm, but in my comfort zone. The idea of gold is tznufa, is raising up, is like a flame which is pulling up 
and separating. That's the idea of zav, of gold. Zav at nufa, the gold which is waved. So this is the idea of the golden scepter. Is there an understanding of, of this idea of gold that runs a little bit deeper than just its color? Because I mean, there's like one yes, gold. yeah, yeah, yeah. I just threw that in. I don't even know if it's um, uh, has any source. Isn't I was just. No, no, but uh, it is okay to use white gold, but that's not for now. Because the edge below, the lower edge, that means touching only the rosh hasharbet, the head of the scepter, who kisha ava azazu bayero mislaheves mehis beinenus begedula saint seif baruchu. This is when this. Powerful love burns and is inflamed from the reflection in the greatness of the infinite being of Hashem, blessed be He. That means, as we've said, as we've discussed so many times, the godliness which is coming into Seder Hishtalshos. And in the godliness which is coming into Seder Hishtalshos, there are two levels. There's the godliness that comes inside of the vessel. Like within the 248 <laughs> limbs, there's a certain energy in the eye and a certain energy in the pinky and a certain energy in the tendon in your leg. Everything has its own kayach, its own chayas, its own objective, its own purpose. And the energy of the eye can't be considered to the energy of the leg. There's two completely different energies. And each one fills the vessel that it needs to fill according to its function. That's the mimale. But together with mimale, by necessity, you also have a concept of seviv. That means that if there is a programmer who's putting together all the ones and the zeros in just this way, that means that that programmer also has the power to rearrange the ones and zeros in a whole different arrangement. If there is a designer who is designing the beauty and the majesty of this world just so, it means that there is the power, the save of the energy which doesn't fit into the vessel, which can completely turn it over and create an alternate universe. Which is where those theories come from. No, really. Where is it coming from? It's coming from logic. That's why scientists, so to speak, if you call them, believe in that. Because within the Mimale, there's also a Seviv. That means if there is the power to design it so, there must be a power to design it otherwise also. If things are presented over here just in this way, there must be an alternate possibility where... And infinite alternate possibilities, right? And that's all part of logic. That's all inside of Seder Hishtalshus. The Mimale is the way things are. The Seviv is the way things could be. Right? But that's not Atzmas. That's not Hashem himself. The Seviv doesn't give you a glimpse of the designer himself. It just gives you a glimpse 
of the potential of what this designer could have designed. It is burning, it's inflamed from reflection. In the greatness of the infinite light, blessed be He. These two levels, they exist inside of Seder Stalshlos. So the scepter is descending through Seder Stalshlos and its very edge, the head of the scepter, is what's reaching me here below, all the way on the bottom of Seder Stalshlos. That's Asiyah Ruchnes, Asiyah Gashmas even. You're alive. Where are you alive from? It's from the scepter. Check, check, check. Make sure. How is it? Strong, weak. It's good, it's good. It's higher edge. That means the whole scepter. There is the edge of the scepter, the head of the scepter, and the scepter itself. So what's the katseyu elyein, the upper end or the entire scepter? That's when a person is excited. He's inflamed and excited. From his reflection. The essence of Hashem. The essence of Hashem that less machshava tvisa beiklal. You could have a very wise person. This is a, an analogy that it discusses in Chassidus and in, in the Hemshech of Basilegani. You could have a very wise person who enters into a classroom. And in the classroom, there are three things he could do. He could explain an idea in language which is completely appropriate to the students and relatable to the students, that's mimali. And there, the students, if they listen and pay attention, they'll get it. They'll understand it. Then, he could explain an idea which is a lofty idea, that's beyond the capacity of the students to understand. So the students are listening and they're excited by the wisdom and the beauty and the loftiness of this idea, but they're also becoming confused. Why are they becoming confused? Because it's too complicated for them. They don't have the tools yet to grasp and understand this idea, that's saving. Then you could have where he gives over a thought that's just on his level. And the students listen and they hear what he says and they don't become confused at all. Why not? Because they don't even have the beginning of the capacity to grasp anything. And this happens often where a student hears something on this level and he says, wow, it's so simple. I got it. I didn't become confused by it. 
Or it's so basic, it's elementary. In other words, he's confusing the end with the beginning. He's saying it's so elementary because he doesn't realize it's completely beyond his grasp. He doesn't even start to grasp it and that's why he's not becoming confused by it. That's Atzmus Ur Ein Seif Baruch. I'm not such a Chacham. This is the three levels which we're discussing. There's the scepter which is coming down through Seder Shtalshus. When I touch its edge, I'm able to appreciate that level. When I see its higher part, I'm able to see the Seviv beyond the Mimali that I'm able to connect to. But then there's the Sharbit itself. The Sharbit itself is where I say, as the Alter Rebbe was wont to say, and the Rebbe would quote from him, Ich will nicht ein Ganeiden, ich will nicht ein Olam Haba, ich will mehr nicht als dich allein. I'm not interested, not in Mimale, not in Seviv. I want you, Hashem. I want to connect to you. I want to hug you. I want to be part of you. The the levels of Ganeiden are currently Seviv for me, but when I'm there, Hashem, after 120 years in the right time, 180, then it's going to be Mimale. So, the, again, the scepter itself, not from Mimale, not from Seyvi, but rather, may his from reflection, in the essence of Hashem, that's a level that no thought can begin to grasp. And because no thought can begin to grasp, it can't confuse you. You're not going to get confused by it. You're going to think it's elementary. But the truth is that it's completely beyond you. And when a person reflects not in the Mimali, not in the Seviv, but in Hashem's essence, then he's connecting to Hashem himself. This is what we learned in the last Mimer, which Torah is a mashal for Ein Seif, a mashal Hakad Meini. This is what it means. V'leishayich be'ilashen gedula mimali kolalmin v'seviv kolalmin. It's not possible for this a language of Gedula, like we're going to learn in the next section of this Mimer. The concept of Gadol, of great. Gadol, great, that means I'm sitting and Einstein is delivering a class, or I'm listening to a shear from the Ragged Shaver, and I'm listening to the shear from the Ragged Shaver, and the Ragged Shaver is explaining an idea. And when the Ragged Shaver is explaining the idea, it's brilliant, and I'm able to hear, and I'm able to follow his thought process to a degree, but then I see how the thought process is like so way above me. That's Seviv. What's Atmos? 
Atzmas is where you open up a piece of tzaf nas paneach, and you look inside at the words, and that's just, it's, it's, it's just words. It's not even something which I'm able to follow a thought process. It's just ink on paper. That's the essence. So I can't say, wow, look at this amazing piece. It's not amazing. Why is it not amazing? Because I have no connection to it whatsoever. The lashon of gedula of amazing, not shaykh by memali kolalmin, that which I'm able to grasp, and save of kolalmin, that which I'm able to see beyond my grasp. Rak al ha'ara v'hamshachas achayus mimenu yismarach shaykh leimar memali v'seviv. On the ha'ara, on the rays, the ripples, the extensions, the hamshachas achayus. The drawing down in a extended way of the life energy over there it's possible to say there's mimale, there's seviv, there's that which fills and that which surrounds. But to the greatness of Hashem, there is no cheker, there is no um, uh, investigation. There's no possibility of comprehension. Of comprehension. Perush de le shaykh klal lachker ulispainen begdulasay echu gadol ma'idumulo. When I'm looking at the world, I could say, wow, what an amazing world. What a fantastic universe. When I'm looking at the, the spiritual ripples that I'm able to recognize, the savior, I'm able to say, amazing. That's so fantastic. It's beyond my capacity to be able to grasp. But when I'm looking at the essence of Hashem, Ein cheker, look to to the greatness of Hashem. Ein cheker, there's no investigation, there's no appreciation, there's no recognition, and I'm not able to see anything of it. That means when I'm reflecting about it, I'm thinking about it. I can't think in what way. Wow, this is so amazing. It's so it's so lofty. Where am I able to say, wow, it's so amazing that in the name of Hashem, Havaya, which is the concept of the Chayus, the Hoiva, the existence of the worlds, which indicates, over there I'm able to say, it's great, it's amazing, it's so special. Avo Kamei Mamish. But before Hashem Himself, Keloi Mamish Chashivu, Kamei before Him, Mamish, literally, Keloi Mamish Chashivu, everything, the whole Seder Shtalshus, everything that exists is like nothing. As if the worlds don't exist at all. Like it says in the verse, I am Hashem, I have not changed, as we've seen in many Maimarim. And this that we say in Davening, Hashem is the same before and after the world was created. Completely equal, unchanging, unaffected undifferentiated. Hashem just exists. An analogy for this, which is brought down in Chassidus and the Teres HaMagid, and one which we've discussed in the past, is a very wise and um, mature father 
who sits down to play a game with his child. Why does he play a game with his child? Because the father can't start teaching the child chassidus. The child's not shaykh to that. So even though the father is thinking and involved in the highest, holiest, most lofty levels of thought and, uh, and discernment, if he wants to connect to his child, like the Alter Rebbe and his grandson, the Tzamech Tzedek, the stories of the, the Alter Rebbe playing a game with the Tzamech Tzedek, if he wants to engage with his child, he needs to play with his child on his child's level. So he's going to sit down and play a game, a game of Monopoly, or um, uh, Scrabble, or whatever it is. Now when he plays this game, with the child, he sits down and he becomes fully engaged in the game. He's playing like a child. He won a hundred dollars. He lost a hundred dollars. He's um, uh, he, he's spinning the dice. He's following the rules. Everything, even though, really, all of the rules and all of this game is completely meaningless and silly to him. A mature person recognizes that games are games. They're not real. <laughs> um, that games are just games. And the father by himself would never think of playing a game. But in order to connect his child, he plays the game. Now with the Abishter, there's two um, significant problems with this analogy. They're doing something. <laughs> There's two significant problems with this analogy. What are the two significant problems with this analogy? The first is that when the father is engaged in the game. He's completely engaged. He's playing the game. He's not removed from the game and engaged in the game at the same time. In other words, true, even if he won $1,000 or he got a checkmate, it's completely meaningless to him after he finishes the game, after he's done with the game. It doesn't change him. It doesn't make him a better person or a worse person. A... Um, it doesn't help him in paying the bills or in engaging in the various things that he has to do as a mature adult, right? But that's after he finishes playing the game. At the time that he's playing the game and he lands on boardwalk, yay, he's all excited. Even though boardwalk is useless without a park place. Yeah, he's all excited. Why? Because he just landed on the best spot in the Monopoly game. By the Abishter, the Abishter is simultaneously able to be involved in the game and completely outside of the game. Completely engaged in the game and outside of the game simultaneously.
That's the first drawback. The second drawback is even more important. The second drawback of this analogy is that in the analogy, the game is a game. It's fake. It's just an imagination. It's not real. But in the analog, where Hashem created this world, and Hashem created this world in order to engage with us, in order to connect to us, that Simtsum is real. Its creation is real. Like it says in the Mimer of the Rebbe Marash, which the Rebbe referred to on many occasions. That the world is not a figment of our imagination. Life is not but a dream. How do I know that? Because it says in the Torah, Hashem created the heaven and earth. That means that creation is real. So the world exists. It's not just a game. However, to Hashem himself, simultaneously, it's Chashivi. It's like nothing. Those two extremes exist. And there's two ways to connect to Hashem. There's one way to connect to Hashem, which is the way that we are connecting throughout our normal lives in Galus, in exile. And that is either on a weekday when we're literally in the world and using the world as a way to know him, or on a Shabbos and Yom Tiv when we're a little bit higher and we're feeling a little bit closer, we're rising up inside of the Seder Shtal and we're elevating ourselves closer. That's one way. But then there's also another way that a Jew engages with Hashem. And this is me'en o'ilam haba. This is the way that it's going to be when Mashiach comes. When Mashiach comes, then v'ra'u kolbasar kipi Hashem dibar. Then we're going to be able to see inside of the physical world the revelation of godliness. The godliness will permeate into the physicality. It will become part of the world. And when this godliness becomes part of the world, then you have the essence of Hashem, which is completely higher than the world, inside of the world, which is completely shaloi be'erich, incomparable and not connected to to the essence of Hashem. How this occurs is what we're going to, Bezus Hashem, appreciate a little bit, a drop more in the continuation of the Maimer. And then the connection to Purim, of course. But this is what Mashiach's time is like. Mashiach's time is like the essence of Hashem being inside of the world. And that's the Sharbit itself. That's the scepter itself. When the scepter is inside of the world, when the essence of godliness is inside of the world. That's the time of Mashiach. And this is something which is the idea of the 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 entire scepter. Bechinas Almin. By the essence of Hashem, there's not 
impossible to use this term of worlds, of existence. Not in the way of In other words, the essence of Hashem does not confuse you. The higher worlds, Bria, Yitzira, Atzilus, they confuse you. But the essence of Hashem doesn't confuse you. Because it's not shaykh to confusion. It's not shaykh to the worlds at all. It has no connection to the worlds at all. And it says, as it says in the Pasuk, that Godol Hashem, Hashem is great, and he's very praised, in the city of our God, in his holy mountain. Where is Hashem great? In the city. What's the city? That's creation. That's Seder Hishtalshalos. In Seder Shalshus, you're able to look and say, Marabu Masach Hashem, Magodlu Masach Hashem. How many and how great are your creations, Hashem? How great on a Mamali level? How great on a Seviv level? Our sages say, when is he called great? Only when he is in the city of God. By Hashem himself. Hashem is great. What do you mean Hashem is great? Who are you? You don't exist. Your term of greatness is either a lot of mimale or a beginning of an appreciation of Seviv. There you could say great. But you can't say the essence of Hashem is great. You have no musug. Your term of greatness has no reflection, has no connection to Hashem himself. All of the worlds, the higher worlds, the lower worlds, it all is like nothing before Hashem. In the place of Hashem's greatness, you find His humility. That's not usually the way that it is by a person, right? In a place of His greatness, you don't find His humility, you find His haughtiness. But by Hashem, if Hashem is being termed as great, what does it mean that Hashem is being termed as great? It's like this brilliant person who comes into class and he says a a, a wonderful class, and everyone says, wow, that was amazing. If this person is truly brilliant, then that they should be able to say, wow, that was amazing. That's a tremendous humility for this person. Because if he were to give the class on his level, it would all just stare there, blank-eyed and glassy-eyed, without any ability to appreciate anything. So, If you're able to say that Hashem is great, over there you see the humility of Hashem, that he's lowering himself, so to speak, and engaging in the world. Shemislabish that he's clothing Bibchinas Gedula in a level of Gedula Kadei Liyos Malchusay Malchus Kalaylamim in order that there should be able to be, as we say in the pasuk in Ashrei, a pasuk which the Alter Rebbe quotes in Maimer after Maimer Malchuscha Malchus Kalaylamim that your Malchus Hashem is the Malchus of all of the worlds. That means that the level of Malchus, which is this external level of 
the level which we described yesterday as the nukva, the female level inside of Seder Shtalshus, is what descends into all of the worlds and becomes the Malchus of all of the worlds. As it says in the Pasuk, that Hashem sits, so to speak, He descends in order to be a king over the world. He doesn't ascend to be a king of the world. Of the world, A human being who becomes a king is ascending to Malchus. Hashem descends into Malchus. V'zehu va'ata kadosh, yoyshev tehileis Yisrael. It says, you are holy, you Hashem are holy, you're exalted, you're outside of the world. You're beyond the world. But when it comes to being able to connect to tehileis Yisrael, the praises of the Yidin, that the Yidin are saying, Hashem, you're so great, you're so wonderful, I love you. That's Yeshev Tehilais Yisrael. Hashem descends in order that the Tehilais, that the praise of the Yidin should have any effect on him. That Hashem should be connected to these Tehilais is a descent for him. Perush meaning, Shali Yaischa Tehilais Yisrael, who Bechinas Yeshiv. Shali Yaischa, that you should be Tehilais Yisrael, one whom the Yidin can praise and say, Wow, that's amazing! Hashem is amazing that you, Hashem, should be able to be referred to as amazing by the Yidin, as in the praise that the Yidin praise you, who bechinas yeshiva, it's a descent for Hashem. Shehu hashpala v'anava etzlecha. This is a lowering and a humility by Yutzum Gezunt. Shebe'emes ato kadosh muvdol migaderzeh. Because in truth, you are completely holy and muvdol and separated migaderzeh from this gather as we've explained at length. Ad kan, we'll stop over here for today. L'chaim, l'chaim. That was amazing. <laughs> that's good for me that's a, 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 a elevation not a, <laughs> a descent okay Hatzlach Rava have a wonderful day